Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 8.05 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Listen, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are going to be on the border uh, coming up Thursday. Yeah, with, with very, very different message. At the same time, exactly, or just you know, about the same day, maybe it is. Well, uh, just same day for sure, but, yeah. you know, one Eagle Pass, one in Brownsville. Yes. So, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, they will be saying very different things. Well, uh, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams, sanctuary city that is, is calling the city's sanctuary laws to be changed to allow illegal immigrants who commit felonies to be turned over to ICE for deportation. Here's Fox reporter Madison Allworth on the story from New York City. This is not the first time that Adams has suggested changes to the sanctuary status, but it does come after a series of violent incidents involving migrants, like when a group allegedly attacked New York police officers, and following the news that the migrant accused and arrested for killing a Georgia nursing student was also arrested here in New York City last year for endangering the welfare of a child, then released before he made his way south. Now. New York City has started to slash spending on migrants, making 30% reductions in spending. But even with that, the crisis is still going to cost this sanctuary city $10.6 billion wow. through the middle of next year. That's just one city, just one city. One city, $10 billion through next year. This guy Adams is a moron. I mean, you know, he's sitting here, he's seen, he's seen the problem firsthand. His own cops are getting beaten up. And, I, and, and he makes the point, well, you know, the, not everyone here is, is coming to participate in robberies and, and snatch and grabs and assaults. Well, obviously not. He says, uh, you know, a lot of them just want to come to work, uh, you know, these immigrants and, and asylum seekers. Well, wanting work is not grounds for claiming asylum. It's just not. But he puts the blame on, on them not being able to work on federal lawmakers. He says, he says these migrants have the right to work, need to have the right to work like everybody else in this country. You come here illegally and commit a felony. Why is it a debate on what to do with you? If you commit a felony, that should be it, period. If you come here illegally and you murder someone else, I think that, you know, death penalty should be on the table. Uh, Ron is uh, checking in on the Todd and Oz show this morning. Hey, Ron. Hey, good morning. I uh, I used to live in the Rio Grande Valley. I, I, was, I ran about a little over 1,000 beehives down there on the border. So... Uh, I started out there in Hidalgo. We'd go on cantaloupes up to uh, Rio Grande City. But one year, uh, they had me put bees down at Benitez right on the on the river. And uh, I was changing out honeybee queens in my eyes. And boy, I had them things hot as horseradish. They were so mean and trying to sting me. Well, up, up the river there, there were six young men. They come out of the water right across the river there. They ran down the the road there, and they they saw me, and they kept running towards me, and I started waving my hands like, get away, get away. Well, in Mexico, that means come here, and I didn't know it. They ran towards me, and then these hit. They, that was like a wall. 
MV got them and they chased them. And this is the God's truth. They chased them all the way back to the rear Grandy and they jumped in. How about that? Yeah, I hear you, man. Thank Crazy. you for checking in, Ron. Let's see uh, Richard and Seguin. Good morning. Yes, sir. How y'all doing today? Great. Good. What's on your mind? Hey, I got a solution. You know, when they, when they catch these parents and send them back, why don't they send the kids back with the parents? It makes no, no sense. Now we should no, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. Some of these children are coming to the border with no parents. They're by themselves. Yeah, I got you. I hear you. I can barely understand you, but I appreciate your call. All right, listen, uh, yeah, uh, jump in at 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, go ahead. I don't see this such a problem. You know, if, if, if the kids have come here with the parents, then I have no. Uh, I, it only makes sense to me that you send them back with the parents. If the kids just showed up here by themselves, it makes no sense to me to just turn them loose without vetting wherever you're sending them. And that's what it sounds like happens. We we got a lot of kids that just showed up at the border. At least just we very sent them better. somewhere yeah. to families that we know nothing about. Yeah. Uh, that some of them are are ending up in situations that. They, well, that they tell us they tried wonder, to flee. I wonder if the administration, uh, Border Patrol, whoever, uh, can, uh, uh, can, can show an accounting of the unaccompanied children that have shown up to their border. Where are they now? I would like to see it as well. I mean, I, I, I bet they have no idea. I, I, I think you're right. I think they have no idea I mean, whatsoever. A very unfortunate truth. All right, let's see. Is it uh, Daniel in Georgetown? Good morning. Good morning, sir. I want to make a comment about that lady saying that if they cross over, just shoot them. That's not right. That's Nazi Germany type uh, mentality. No, let's do what they do to us. If we go to Mexico, I know because I live in Mexico. But anyway, if you go to Mexico without a permit and you get caught without a permit, you get locked up. And then you got to buy yourself out of it. How long, you know? how long do they lock up illegal aliens in Mexico? Till you, till you pay your way out of it. Oh, wow. So you could be there a long time if you've got no money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it sounds to me like that's good deterrent, right? Man, oh, man. If, if you know that you, we'll lock you up indefinitely until you know somebody comes pay you out. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, that'd keep me from going back illegally. All right. Jump in here at 512-836-0590. Yeah, Joe and, uh, is going to be on the border Thursday. So is Donald Trump addressing. I guess they'll use this as an opportunity to say what their uh, what their plans are sure. to deal with the border, right? I think Biden's going to spend a lot of time blaming Republicans for not getting a, a, quote, bipartisan compromise deal pushed through on the border which uh, we all know has nothing to do with border security. So it's 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 the Republicans fault now. Well that yeah according to a White House statement he's going to he Joe Biden's going to tell the Republicans to stop playing politics with the border and get serious about a compromise. And uh I I I guess I would say show us a serious compromise. You know whatever ridiculous nonsense you threw out there before with the you know the high numbers of illegal immigrants coming over and and just funding more border agents to process asylum seekers who are really just people who want jobs yeah you know that's that's not securing anything you know we could save a lot of money since uh, since both of these men are going to be on the border thursday we could sh- we should just go ahead and have a a border debate between the two be great and then allow the american people to pick which one has the best plan 816 here on the Todd and Oz show. Listen, there's been a debate for months in the Lake Travis School District over library books. Yeah. Uh, With some believing that there's an active push to ban books in school libraries, 
Well, uh, some proposed changes would include creating more avenues for parents to search online for material their child is accessing. The district says uh, it's trying to come up into compliance with uh, Texas House Bill 900 that prevents graphic and sexually themed materials from being accessible in school libraries. You can still access it in your public library, just not your school library. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's what do you make of this? Well, you know, I mean, it, it's it's just part of that ongoing debate as to whether or not the the effort to prevent kids from accessing, you know, what what many would consider to be pornography in public schools, uh, you, you know, where the line is being drawn between preventing that and and uh, allowing them to, you know, still access uh, other viewpoints and, and things like that. But there are people that truly believe that by preventing that sort of thing from libraries, it, it's just full-on book banning. It's, it might as we might as well be having piles where books are on fire and things are being thrown in there. Yeah, that's not happening. That's a that's a lie. That's just hype. It's no books are being banned. They're just not being presented to your children. Right. So so the the district has been trying to find a way because there've been a lot of people that show up before every meeting and they talk and they you know are mad about this this subject. And so the district is uh, considering updating the policy to align with some new guidelines from the Texas State Library and Archives Commission. Mm. Uh, they would create videos for parents on how to use this new online database where they could search and find uh, y- you know what their kids looking at. Yeah, and uh, they would uh, also I guess come up with new agreements with their vendors when they're bringing the books in. Uh, I mean this is fine with me uh, to me it's 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 ridiculous i've seen some of these books you've seen we, i we were sitting right here on the show one day when i pulled up a picture of this book gender queer i believe was the book and some of the stuff in there i mean you when i was a kid growing up that kind of stuff that kind of movie or whatever you had to go behind a curtain you know it was because you know everybody knew that's where the porn is over there now it's just they want to put it in kids books it's the kind of evidence that is used in a child exploitation case that's right against a per- a predator that's right right so there I, once was a time where all of the adults knew what was appropriate to present to kids right. and it appears we've lost our way on that front there once was a time where even the 711 guy behind the counter knew what was best for your kids to see mm-hmm. they put a little block in front of the uh, the you know the playboy magazines now some of the some of the people who are saying uh, critics of this new law say, well, you know, this is this is a, a big push to just ban certain certain topics, uh, you know, whether it's uh, gender, sexuality, or race, or things like that, which also I don't think is necessarily happening. I think there are still plenty of books that talk about all those topics. It's just we're talking about the ones that you know aren't actively encouraging kids to look at at. at graphic stuff yeah and if you're a parent that desperately wants your kids to be exposed to that kind of stuff well go buy them the book and read it at home sure right you nobody's stopping you so no book has been banned you can still buy them now if you couldn't buy it then that would fit the definition of banned right uh at this point the adults are just trying to figure out what's appropriate to be presented to kids that's all so i think this online database could prove to be a good a good resource for parents. Absolutely, there, anything know? that gives parents more uh, more knowledge. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They can that way they can get a little better idea. Yeah. Um, so, what's wrong? You got a little. Uh, <laughs> you got a tooth issue this morning. You chipped your tooth, didn't you? Well, I can see it's annoying you. It's bothering you. You got a little chew- tooth issue. I, I did. I did this weird thing. It happened last week. I was Your eating. mom is a retired dentist. Surely she could fix it. In the dentist kitchen. of forty years. She could fix that in the kitchen this afternoon. It's possible. She, she's gonna see. I know. I already know her advice. She, oh, you really? What happened? You need to go see somebody. What happened? Well, I, last week I was eating food, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but but what, my what, my top 
front tooth sort of raked across the back of my bottom front tooth. And I, it, now every time I, I talk, I say certain letters, yeah. my, my top and bottom teeth clack together and it hurts. We can hear it. Texter's been texting all along. They can hear the clicking. I'm, I'm sure, sure they can. can. Yeah. Sure yeah. they can. Hear it through the microphone. Um, it's almost like a bite occlusion, but I, 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 I don't, you know. Was this it was an never injury? a problem until just That's a couple bad. days ago. Was this an injury sustained while eating your wife's cooking? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That would be more uh, gastro. You did laugh. I did. I did you, laugh because did I've eaten my wife's cooking. Ugh. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it, this was actually, uh, it, it was a, I, I made myself an Italian panini. And, and it was, of all things, it was the pastrami. Uh, that I was I was I was munching on when this uh, catastrophic tooth collision happened in my mouth. Uh-huh. So, uh, tragic. I can't explain it because I'm just the son of a dentist. I'm actually not a doctor. Right. But I know it, it's not it's not a lot of fun. So we got you got to file that down a little bit. I think I got to go see a, an actual dentist. Well, we could probably do that. We could fix that in there. We got tools. We got parts and supplies here in the building. We, we got a Dremel. We could probably find something. We could probably file it down a little bit. You know, if you got a Dremel and a bottle of Jack Daniels, I think we could make it happen for cheap. It's all right. I'm take it old school, 1895 style. I can see it's bothering you, though. I can see well, sometimes. Just yeah. a, it's just a distraction for you. I got you. Sorry if I'm distracting you. But no, no, no. You're not distracting me. I was worried about <laughs> you there for a second. Let's see. Is it uh, Brian is checking in from San Marcos this morning and wants to weigh in on this, this horrible story out of uh, uh, Georgia, uh, this nursing student that was taken from us by an illegal alien. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. I was going to say the uh, district attorney in Athens, Georgia, needs to file negligent homicide charges against Joe Biden and Mayorka because it was their direct negligence and failing to enforce existing laws that led to the death of this young woman. So, I mean, somebody's got to be held accountable for it. It's not that far-fetched, yes. considering the uh, the indictments against Donald Trump. It's not that far out of place and out of reach, is it? It's actually, right? it's far more within reach, I think, I think you than can, the stuff with Donald Trump. I think you can even add uh, the New York uh, police to that, too, right? So they mm-hmm. pulled him over. They had him stopped. And, uh, well, ICE wasn't fast enough getting uh, getting the, the detainer approved. So you can kind of blame uh, slow wheels of justice. Uh, the, the speed of government. Yeah. Steven in Rod Rock, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks for y'all keeping everybody up on the issues. I appreciate that. This whole nonsense about pornographic books being in elementary and junior high schools, that's just utterly ridiculous. I remember growing up, you know, when you're in fifth grade, your parents had the opt-out option of the, the kind of like the class where you initially learned about sex ed at, in the most general overview sense. And then... You know, that was only like kind of discussing it procreatively. And then in ninth grade, you got health class where you got a little more detailed. That, this, there's a psychology to children. There's a reason why we don't let children marry. There's a reason why, you you know, you have to be 18 or younger with parents' permission in nearly every state, probably every state in the entire country, because a, a child's mind isn't psychologically capable of handling the stuff, the concepts that go on whenever you're discussing sexuality. So anybody who wants to do that has a broken mind. Yes. They're completely broken and have no clue about humanity. And it's just pushing stuff on little kids. Yeah. No, I'm with you. There's a reason why we don't let 12-year-olds go get a tattoo. Mm -hmm. They're not good at making lifelong decisions, are they? Mm -hmm. Children deserve some extra protection. 
Mm. And, 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 all, and all societies say that, right? All cult, cultures say that. That's right. Across every culture, children are like, we used to have a concept, you know, women and children first, like the Titanic, right? We had a concept that went in, and, and that's completely been rejected now. Like, where are, where are the guardians? Where are the, where are the, the sheepdogs? Well, we don't even know what a woman is anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, how, how, can, how can it be women and children court. first? You don't even know what a woman now, is. Yeah. Supreme Court justices don't even know when they're asked. That's true. So yeah. how are we supposed to keep straight? Yeah. Uh, he, she. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate that. Eight thirty-two here on the Todd and Oz show. Jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing uh, a major pornography distri- distributor uh, for failing to comply with the new state law requiring age verification. Yeah, this is uh, House Bill eleven eighty-one. It went into effect in November. Requires commercial porn websites to use reasonable methods to verify that a user is at least eighteen years of age. Pornhub, the largest online platform for sharing sex videos, has sued the state of Texas, along with other pro-porn plaintiffs, uh, to keep House Bill 1181 from taking effect. Now, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals says no, the state can't enforce this law. And now Paxton is suing Ayalo Global. It's a, it's a conglomerate of these pornographic companies, including Pornhub, accusing them of violating state law. Well, I, you know what? I think Paxton's actually got something here, because the argument is if you if you just dial up the the website for one of these porn sites, oh, that, it's there, it's in right, your face. You'll you'll see you know just previews of this or that without any sort of age verification. I think Paxton. I mean, that's a law, and I, I think that he's got these these sites are not going to win this argument. I, I think, think collectively we all are in agreement that uh, you know children shouldn't be able to access this I stuff. Agree. Right? I agree. Right? I mean. Uh, well, uh, here's a quote from uh, Ken Paxton. Texas has the right to protect its children from detrimental effects of pornography content. I look forward to holding any company accountable that violates our age verification laws intended to prevent minors from being exposed to harmful, obscene material on the Internet. And, I mean, you know, it's 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 $250,000 is the fine, you know, if a child is found to be exposed to the, to you know pornographic content due to not proper properly having age verification available for them. Uh, that sounds like yeah, you know, that sounds like it would be a pretty pretty good deterrent. And I don't know why you're fighting it so hard. You know, it's like what's a big deal if an adult wants to go look at that? They will click your yes, I'm I'm 21 years old or or whatever 18. They'll click it. I, I, I they're fighting it hard like it's some sort of affront to their First Amendment right or or something. And it's not. Yeah, it's it's you know I think it's. I don't think it's a bad law either, you know? Uh, I don't even think uh, Pornhub's even making money off these kids. They just want the kids to have access to it. Pornhub wants your 12-year-old to be able to access this. That they do. What a great reason not to give your kid a cell phone that has internet access. And can you put on your kid's phone some way to block certain sites? Of course you can. I believe so. Of course you can. I believe so. It's kind of like the old days of big tobacco you know when when they would they would court your kids uh, you, you know to to start smoking at a young age. And it's almost like nowadays these these porn co- uh, sites are court, trying you know courting younger they want the younger the younger crowd so they can get them hooked on this sort of thing and start warping their mind from a young age. Yeah. I, I I see I see parallels there absolutely you know because that's a that's big business on online these days. I'll be honest with you, it's bad for adults too. Sure is, sure is tears up marriages. 
Yeah. Uh, 836, jump in at 512-836-0590. A lot of people have texted this morning. They want to weigh in on this story about this U.S. airman that died after setting himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in uh, Washington, D.C., shouting, free Palestine. Mm. And and how'd that work out for you? Aaron Bushnell, 25. He was taken to uh, the hospital by Secret Service. Uh, they they first put the fire out, took him to the emergency room. He he he, he later died. Uh, there was no embassy staff on hand, and he, and he basically injured himself as a way to send a message. You know that kind of thing. Well, you, he posted this online too. He did, and and there has been a groundswell of social media support for him. You know, among that pro-Palestinian crowd. I think that he's. Uh, I mean, what did he accomplish? He he inflicted. Horrible pain upon himself until he died, and they're still at war today over there. And you're dead. Yeah. In a terrible, terribly, terribly painful way. Is Aaron Bushnell. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest. But compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. Yeah. There you go. And then, uh, yeah, we, the video, we cut it off right there. And that's, he douses himself, I guess, with gasoline. Looks like he had a small jug or a thermos. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sets himself on fire. Uh, Mr. Bushnell from San Antonio, Texas. Raised in Massachusetts, attended public school in Cape Cod, Pennsylvania, the Cape Cod Peninsula. And uh, the Air Force would not confirm details about his service, citing family notification. His LinkedIn profile, Bushnell, stated that he had graduated from the Air Force basic training top of class November 2020. And that he had been uh, seeking to uh, transition out of the U.S. Air Force into software engineering. Mm. And, uh, and 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 he's he calls Israel the uh, the oppressors, the colonizers, and he calls um, Hamas and Gaza the Palestinians, the uh, uh, the oppressed. So you graduate top of your class, and you choose to put your big brain to use by setting yourself on fire and killing yourself that way over a war that that absolutely none of us can stop. Certainly not you by doing what you did in front of the Israeli embassy. Uh, and how selfish is it, too? That I mean, what if a bunch of kids had been around, you know, had to, had to witness something like this? Selfish and stupid. All because he wanted to turn himself into a social media martyr. If he, if he was serious about it, he'd just done it. But no, he had to live stream it all. Hey, everybody, watch me. There's going to be more about this guy. Absolutely. The clear, the, I mean, because the guy what? had mental health problems. Yeah, clearly. Absolutely. Clearly. You don't, no sane person does that, sets themselves on... It's not like we haven't, I mean, sure, sure we've seen, uh, you know, there are historical photos of people setting themselves on fire in protest, but I, I just, I, I just don't, I don't know what this kid thought he was going to accomplish. You put his family, his family is probably absolutely devastated and, uh, and, and for what? For nothing. Yeah, let me squeeze in uh, Damon on 71 this morning. Damon, good morning. Good morning, gents. Yes, sir. Hey, I, I just... I heard this guy's preamble the other day to uh, his his act, and uh, this is, you know, I, I hate to be the one saying it, but this is someone who drank too much of the Kool-Aid. There's no genocide going on, and if there is, it's actually going the other direction. Mm. He he misstates so many things, and he's he's kind of a victim of the media. 
uh, if that makes any sense at all. I don't know. You're probably right, but maybe even a victim of his college education, a victim of the radicals around him, the Rashida Talabs of the world, right? Yeah. Oh, it, it could be. I mean, if you're, we tend to surround ourselves, people tend to surround themselves now with everybody who agrees with them. Yes, confirmation and, uh, bias. It's just, it's just compounded. And uh, I, I guess he felt that, you know, he was driven to this. Uh, but it's, it's a completely ineffective act, number one. And then number two, to get the facts so terribly wrong, uh, it's, wow, uh, what, a, what a terrible, terrible waste. And I would say, uh, you know, he was, like I said, he just drank too much of the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I'm just curious about uh, something. Uh, my, my heart goes out to his family. No doubt about it. It's, it's, it's incredibly tragic and shocking and just can't even imagine, uh, you know, what the family's going through. But I'm just curious. We haven't heard anything about, you know, recent posts he had or what he talked about with friends and family. Did he, did he say these kinds of things to his higher-ups, the rank-and-file, and, file and his, his fellow, fellow uh, you know, airmen, you know, that sort of thing? It's interesting because that usually, that, that sort of information by this point uh, in the media cycle usually is already circulating around out there. Yeah, here's this guy. He had, he had espoused some of these beliefs on Facebook, and he said this on Twitter one day, but... Yeah, I mean, it may be out there, but certainly not just right in front of you and all the reporting like it would usually be. Sure. Maybe there's more to it just in, in their decision not to report on what they found on him. You know, they've already, you know, CNN, MS, I mean, they've already, their investigative reporters have already figured out who this guy is. Sure. Nobody's talking about him, though, other than that he set himself on fire that in makes, some sort of noble protest. That makes me sound like there's a whole other spin into the story that we haven't been told. 846 here at KLBJ. You could join us too at 512-836-0590. What's this letter that uh, some local activist groups have, uh, I guess, joined together on with this letter they're sending to the Department of Justice in regards to, uh, you know, Austin police? Yeah, this is a letter that was written to the uh, U.S. Department of Justice pleading for a formal investigation into the Austin Police Department. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to what Jose Garza, the DA, has been asking about. Uh, they want, they're asking for uh, an investigation into the pattern or, or practice of unlawful conduct and the violation of constitutional rights, specifically the, the, the constitutional rights of, uh, of non-whites. In, in the city of Austin. Oh. You've got the Austin Justice Coalition, the NAACP, ACLU of Texas, groups like that, Equity Equity Action or, or Equity Austin, whatever their name is. Oh, they're angry. They're very angry. And so... Uh, they're you know, angry because uh, the charge has been dropped against the uh, 21 police officers. That's, I, that's why they're angry. Well, you know they don't like that, for yeah. sure. Oh, they wouldn't have but, written a letter if, they, if those indictments wouldn't have been dropped. But they also make, make a very specific accusation that it is an intentional racial discrimination on the part of Austin police, How? that they are intentionally racist, uh, and they they look they they talk about the uh, the 2020 riots, you know, and and the uh, the protesters getting, you know, beanbags to the jaw and stuff like that, and uh, that but their their claim is that Austin police are inherently by nature racist based on the practices and policies at APD, and we need the DOJ to investigate. Yeah, Jose uh, uh, Jose Garza made the same request. Earlier this month, after those 17 officers had their indictments dropped after mm. 60, 655 days. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the, the letter they sent, it, it makes mention to APD, knew that these beanbag rounds were expired, but they went ahead 
and uh, allowed them to be used anyway on these protesters who were out there just marching, uh, you know, for uh, in the memory of George Floyd. Yeah. Things like that. Well, here's the thing. All, all of those groups that you mentioned, these radical organizations, uh, the Austin Justice Coalition, Equity Action, the ACLU, they're winning. Well, sure they are. They've, they've been for a long time. They've gotten their way during all of this. Mm-hmm. We're short police. Morale is at the rock bottom. They, they've won. That's right. They have dismantled your city. They well, these groups run this city, and and you've got the they've got a district attorney who's who's just like them. You know, the, they are a, a band of Marxists, and and they are they're getting the job done, eating the city alive from the inside. And I think you could include your Travis County Judge Andy Brown in that circle. He's always at a photo op with DA Jose Garza, holding his fist up in the air with these organizations. Yeah, I think Andy Brown is probably, uh, you could probably include him in that as well. Well, the district attorney's race in Travis County is a big one and uh, I- I- here in this area and is among the most important this cycle. Uh, and everyone able to vote should. And, uh, and, and, and you got a choice this time. Either Daniel Betts, a Republican, or Jeremy Silistine, and kind of a middle-of-the-road old-school Democrats who, uh, you know, wants to uh, embrace public safety. Either of these men could bring back law and order, you know, and justice, at least, to the, the, the district attorney's office. Well, uh, Daniel Lubetsky, he is uh, an entrepreneur, the creator of Kind Snacks and a few other thing products out there. I didn't know he was from this area. I've seen him on Shark Tank a couple of times. I posted a tweet on my Twitter account, at Todd Jeffries, that, well, he tweeted last night. He says uh, he he wants you to vote for Jeremy Silistine, and he's hell-bent on uh, getting D.A. Garza out of office. And he says Austin is facing a rampant rise in crime. All of the data demonstrates it, and all of Jose Garza's policies point to it. And he gives some specific examples of uh, really not a D.A. that's soft on crime, but a DA that just doesn't know what he's doing. He, he fosters crime, uh, and in part through his ineptitude there Yeah, at, at, at the, uh, the DA's office. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Lebinsky here, he, he, he tweets out, he says, Garza let Santos Celos Flores, who was awaiting trial for participating in the gang rape of a 13-year-old, out of jail on a $40 bond. And while he was out on bond, Celos Flores molested two more young girls. Of course he did. Wouldn't take a rocket scientist How about that? To, to determine he was going to do that. How about that? And then we uh, we highlight the story of Hilario Adrian's bond that was lowered to just a dollar after Garza failed to bring his aggravated assault case to a grand jury on time. Shortly after his release, he brutally attacked an innocent bystander in downtown Austin, stabbing him to death. I remember that very well. Thank you, Garza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Jose. How about the story of Richard Williams? brutally raped his ex-girlfriend at knife point for two hours while strangling and beating her. Garza uh, cut a deferred adjudication plea deal with Williams, meaning he was released after just 90 days in prison with nothing on his record. How about that? Is, is that what restorative justice is? I believe yes, actually. I know I know it's you know fairly tongue-in-cheek there, but I think that is absolutely what people like Garza look at as restorative justice. Also, Garza released Darian Reese, who had been charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for pistol-whipping a woman. Uh, He let him out on a PR bond, a personal reconnaissance bond, and just weeks after he was released on bond, Reese committed a murder at the same house where he pistol-whipped a woman. So, yeah, the guy got a PR bond. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, we we believe this guy, he's going to come back. And, 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 of course, he did. Well, he did come back, just not in the way that they had asked him to. Mm -hmm. He came back after killing someone. Yes. 
in that same place where he pistol whipped the woman. Well, uh, listen, 127% increase in the murder rate since Garza took over. Carjackings have doubled. Convictions are down 61%. Zero jury trials by Garza since he took over as DA. How about that? That is, uh, how could anybody be okay with that? You know, and you hear about all this, and then you look at the, those 10 Democrats who penned that letter uh, to Jeremy Silstein last last week, demanding that he returns all of uh, any Republican donor money because they clearly want, they say, Jose Garza has been doing great. for Things have been great under this guy. So this is what your council members uh, who support him really support. This is what Greg Kassar supports, Cheryl Cole, former council member. I mean, all those people who signed that letter, they support these sort of actions by the current district attorney. Well, he's not tough on crime, that's for sure. No. Well, here's uh, well, here's how Garza could be responsible, not necessarily for these particular crimes, but at least uh, well, uh, putting the, the community in a situation where these folks could, could commit more crimes. Uh, when he took office, Garza abolished the DA division that sorted out cases. And as a result, today there are 7,000 unindicted felony crimes mm-hmm. in Travis County. 7,000, he said. 7,000 unindicted felony crimes. That's not justice, Mr. Garza. In 2021, Garza released a uh, bail reform plan that explicitly included releasing people uh, out of jail for just $1. And since then, Travis County has been plagued by crimes committed by people out on bond. Uh, out of the 75 professional staff members that were there in that position when he, he, he took over, uh, well, 75 have quit out of the 95 that were there. Because they didn't want to work with Garza. Jeremy Silistine is one of those men. That's right. That's right. And, and he made it pretty clear that he, did, he saw things uh, sort of degrading very fast under, under Garza's watch and, uh, and, and, and thought it was time to, to jump ship. And, and now he wants to go and restore not only justice in that office, but, I mean, just the full reputation. You've got this little district attorney in Travis County in Texas who makes news in other countries with his asinine decisions and the people who have gotten hurt because of the criminals he's allowed out with a slap on the wrist. How about the story of Lynn Isaac? She survived a a brutal beating. Uh, Her attacker actually broke her leg uh, in the process. Oh, my goodness. I remember that very well. What a horrible story. She solved her own case through uh, Nextdoor and online and social media, uh, trusted the DA's office with the prosecution, and then was shocked to learn that when her attacker got probation and no jail time and no electronic monitoring, this guy's accused or at least suspected of, uh, well, attacking several women that brought all of this evidence to the DA. LaShonda Lemons was beaten so badly by her partner, she lost her baby. The DA's office got the case lowered to a charge of aggravated assault to a lesser offense and gave this person a deferred adjudication, a punishment that allows the offender to walk away without a conviction. This was all done over uh, Lemon's objections. So he murdered an unborn baby. And, I mean, that's what he did. He murdered that baby. Took that baby away from from its rightful mother. And uh, that's all he got. Nothing. This is what you get with this sort of activist activism that you have in the district attorney's office. All those groups that, that we mentioned who send those, sent the letter to the DOJ demanding that you know, APD be in. They're the ones who support this very sort of, quote, justice. Yeah. And at any. Well, if you, if you, if you believe in public safety, you got to vote out uh, DA Garza. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. 
Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.